Right. Well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles this morning and go to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. I mostly want to read this passage to you. It really doesn't have anything to do with my message, but um, I finished reading through the Bible. Of course, I always wait until the last day to finish it. And I actually had to read ten chapters the last day. I got a little behind, but I got it done. And I was reading this passage, and, and um, what's often taught in one of these verses, there's a verse that we're going to look at that's often used to teach something that's completely false that kind of goes against what I'm going to be preaching uh, preaching on today. And so I just want to let everybody know, I know about this passage of Scripture, but I want to show where it is misused. Okay, for, And for example, um, well, let's go ahead and read the passage first, and then I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Revelation 21, verse 1, it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away." And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now let me ask you a question. Has this happened yet? Is there a new heaven and a new earth yet? Have all tears been wiped away from our eyes? Is there still death, sorrow, crying? Okay, That's all still going on, isn't it? This clearly is future, something that is to come. And the statement in there, in verse 5, he says, Behold, I make all things new. Okay? Now, when does he say that? When does that happen? Well, after all this, right? And people all the time, they're always looking for new ways to do things, new ways to have church, you know, new, you know, everybody's always wanting some new truth. And then I hear people all the time, I hear preachers who are changing everything, and they're like, you know, what are you doing speaking against change? You know, our God, He makes all things new. And they use that all the time. And it's like, that hasn't happened yet, okay? And I want us now. I want us to go to Titus chapter two, verse eleven, because I want to also. I want you to know that I know that Revelation twenty-one five is in the Bible, but I also know what it's talking about. And another thing that I know, and this is going to blow you away, it's twenty sixteen, isn't it, folks? It's twenty sixteen. We just celebrated a new year, right? And I'm being a little sarcastic right now, just trying to get a point across. But it's twenty sixteen. Okay? Have you ever had anybody do that? Whenever you bring up something in the Bible, and uh, well, that's outdated. You don't understand. It's twenty sixteen. All right. And I have heard that way too many times. And I want us to show. I want us to talk about this morning about how we are to live in this present world. What does God? expect from us today in 2016 do we need to be making some changes with the times you know it's 2016 all right so you know are we supposed to be doing things different than in 2015 or 2014 or the year 14 you know what what are, what's going on how are we to live in this present world and i think it's very clear in the scriptures what god expects from us today in 2016, in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Okay, notice that in this present world. Okay, but wait a minute. Paul wrote this way back, you know, 1900 years ago. You know, he was talking about that present world. Okay, so was he talking about that present world, or can we still apply that today to this present world? Okay, do we have? Now, I understand. Okay, nobody will deny that in Paul's day they were supposed to live soberly, righteously, and godly. But you know what? That was in the present then. We are in the future now. We are in 2016. Do we have to do this? You know, when is the expiration date on these things? Well, let's keep reading because look what it says in verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, So it looks like we're supposed to keep doing that until Jesus Christ returns, doesn't it? And has Jesus Christ returned yet? No. So I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Titus 2.12 that tells us we should deny ungodliness, worldly lusts, all those things, in this present world, this still applies to us today as much as it did in Paul's day. Even though it's 2016. Verse 14, "...who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Okay? And listen, I saw, we know it's until we return, but man, you know, preaching against ungodliness and worldly lust, you know, we just shouldn't do that anymore. This is 2016. We need to understand the culture. We need to understand the day and age we live in. People don't receive that real well. People don't like hard preaching, and we're going to make people mad at us. But look what verse 15 says. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. It's almost like Paul knew that people weren't going to like that type of preaching. It's almost like even in Paul's time, people didn't like that type of preaching. And he told them, you know, rebuke with all authority. Who are you to tell me how I have to live? Well, I can't tell anybody how to live, but I can tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible says to do it with all authority and to let no one, no, let no man despise thee. So it sounds like now, here's the thing. Can we stop people from despising us? Okay? He's not saying let no man despise thee. Not, you know, he's not saying don't ever make anybody mad at you. He's just basically telling us don't let that influence you. Okay, don't let, I mean, that we should just ignore it. It ought to roll right off us. We don't even notice it. And he makes it very clear that this denying ungodliness, living soberly, righteously, and godly, is something that we are supposed to do in this present world. It still applies to us today. So, how should we behave as Christians in 2016? Well, he said we need to continue denying ungodliness. Continue. Denying ungodliness. Ungodly, the definition, it means wicked, which means wicked and lawless means the same thing, just with no law, just doing whatever they want to do. Impious, neglecting the fear and worship of God or violating His commands. Or sinful, contrary to the divine commands as ungodly deeds. 
polluted by wickedness as an ungodly day. So right there, we, that, that was the Webster's 1828 definition. And there's two different Scripture references it uses in there. One of them is one that we're going to look at. But basically, going against the law of God, that is ungodliness. When we go against God's law. Did you know you can live according to the laws of America and still live ungodly, can't you? But you can't. Uh, but at the same time, you have to. You know, we're not. You know, we don't let America set the standard for us, do we? Okay, the Bible is supposed to be what sets the standard, and when we go against what the Bible says, we are in the category of ungodly people. And look at what the Bible says in Jude chapter one. Go to Jude chapter one, right before Revelation. Jude chapter one, and we're going to start reading in verse fourteen. Says, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Do you all notice a word being repeated in there quite a bit? Ungodly. And Enoch way back in Enoch's day, way back before the flood, he prophesied about the return of Christ and he was going to be coming with ten thousands of his saints and he was going to be coming to execute judgment. To pour out vengeance. On what? What's he mad at? He's mad at their ungodliness. Verse 16, These are murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Now folks, this is, this is just getting scary here because more and more I am hearing from even Baptist people that we have got to just get off a lot of these old things that we've been, you know, that we've been teaching. You know, all this old stuff in the Bible. We've got to recognize the fact that we are in 2016. We've got to start going along with the culture. We've got to recognize the time that we are living in. And you know what? All of these verses that we're looking at that talk about you know, living soberly, righteously, and godly, they all refer to this especially being important in the end times. Before Christ returns. And it specifically tells us that in the last days, there are going to be people that are going to come along and they're going to tell us something completely different. Hey, y'all need to back off on your preaching. Y'all need to stop naming sins. Y'all need to stop being down on everything. And you know, just get with the times a little bit. We are hearing that more and more. And the Bible said that was going to happen in the last times. But what the crazy thing to me is, you would think with more and more people saying that, we would all be like, man, hey, this thing must be coming to a close. You would think we would get excited and be working harder than ever to live godly and to follow the commands of the Scriptures. But you know what people are doing? They're saying, hey, you know what? They're right. Let's do that. Let's back off. You know why? Because there's a reason people are teaching this. They're wanting to follow their own ungodly lusts. And we're going to talk a little more that more about that in a little bit. But you know, we do all struggle with lust. There are We all are prone to wander, as the song says. We are prone to sin. We are bent on backsliding like Israel was. We have that problem. 
And we've got to recognize it. Verse um, 19 says, These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference. We see once again an exhortation for us to stick by the stuff, to stick by the commands, and it specifies it during the last times. This wasn't something they were supposed to do just back in Jude's day and back in Paul's day. This was something that was for us today before Christ returns. God wants us being strong, sticking with the truth, and in 2016, we need to continue denying ungodliness. Those that are trying to encourage us to just, you know what, forget what the Bible says, we've got to deny that and say, I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to follow the commands that God has given. I don't care that it's accepted in our culture. I don't care that everyone's doing it. I don't care that even churches are promoting it. I'm going to keep on doing it because you know what? God told me to do it. And He said especially that in the last days, people like you were going to come along and they were going to try to tell us to do something different. And I'm not going to do it. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I believe in 2016, we need to keep doing what we were doing in 2015 and 2014 and going all the way back to the time of Christ. We just need to keep it up. We don't need to start anything new here, folks. We're not going to try to start a new movement. Everybody's always trying to start a new movement. You know, everybody's always wanting to start this you know, new thing, get something new going, and everybody's all excited to just jump in on something new. But here's the thing. There's no new thing under the sun. All this new stuff that gets started all the time, these things are basically just repackaged movements from before. Just like in Paul's day. Obviously, in Paul's day, there was a pull to back off. There was a pull to just kind of go along, to get along or whatever. And that's why Paul said, man, you know, rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. People didn't like hard preaching back in Paul's day. And they don't like it today either. Nothing's really changed, has it? Nothing, nothing's changed. Enoch prophesied it thousands of years ago, before the flood. Over 4,000 years ago, Enoch was preaching the same thing. Listen, people, we don't change that much in history, do we? We don't. We're doing the same thing. We think that because we have technology, that things have changed. Okay? Nothing has really changed. Okay? Yeah, we got technology. Yes, we have cars. We have computers. But you know what? Man has not changed one bit. And we just, what do we do with technology? We find ways to get ourselves in bigger trouble, don't we? I mean, we look at what we've done with the technology that we have. Look at all that goes on. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of the uh, you know, gossiping stuff that goes on online. But you know what? People gossiped before there was Internet and email and Facebook, didn't they? They used telephones, didn't they? And before there was telephones, they'd write letters, didn't they? Before they would write letters, they would just go from house to house like the Bible said, speaking of things they shouldn't. Hey, all we're doing is finding new ways to... or we're finding ways to amplify our sin, aren't we? And technology many times helps with that. We can do good things with technology, but we can do terrible things with technology too. So, we need to deny ungodliness. We need to continue denying worldly lusts. Okay? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Okay? 
And I hope if you all get this, if you all can understand this, this is going to help you so much. You're going to be, I mean, you're going to be leaps and bounds above everybody else. This is a hard thing to learn. But we've got to realize and we've got to admit that our flesh, okay, you, you just admit this, folks, all right? Admit it. I haven't told you what it is yet, but you, are you going to admit it? Just no. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is first. Your flesh is going to be on the same side of the world as the world. It is. We're made out of the same flesh that lost people are made out of. And these things that people are saying, these people that are sensual, like Jude says, that have not the Spirit of God. Okay, Our flesh is going to agree with the things that they are saying. The things that they're saying, hey folks, these aren't any big deal. Hey, don't worry about that. We're, our flesh is going to agree with it. The music and stuff that's coming into churches, your flesh is going to like it. Your flesh is going to agree with it. When they start promoting sin and just, you know, speaking out against godliness, your flesh is going to like what you hear. And there are guys that are good at it, man. There's preachers that are slick and they'll get up and, you know, they'll, they will make, they can make the most, the worst scumbag feel bad or feel good. They can make them feel good. And it's like, you know, when we go to church, we're supposed to get convicted. Okay? If the Holy Spirit shows up, we're going to get convicted. When those scriptures are open, there's probably going to be some conviction. There should be some conviction. And people are scared to death of that. And, you, and people are running from that in churches today. But you know what? That's not new either. They were scared of it in Paul's day too. They didn't like it back then. When, P, when Stephen preached... Man, the people, they were cut to the heart, the Bible says, and they gnashed on them with their teeth. It is no different today than it was in Stephen's day. People do not like Holy Ghost conviction. They don't like it. Our flesh hates it. And your flesh is always going to agree with the world. And there's always going to be some slick-talking preacher out there that is going to be able to get up and make you feel good about the sin that's in your life. But you know what? We have been called as Christians to deny worldly lust. I'm called to deny it. Say, yeah, I recognize it. I see why people want to do that. I see how, you know, I see what's drawing people. You know, there are some things I can see how it's drawing people. There are some things I can't figure out how they're drawing people with it, but then there's some things I get it. I get how that can get a crowd. I get how that's getting people excited, and I get how that's making everybody feel good. You know why? Because I am. I'm flesh too. But you know what? We've got to deny that and say, no, no we're not going to do that. You know, there's, you know, we could probably have to get y'all a little more excited and get y'all a little more active if we got a rock band in here and just started, you know, going to town and, you know, got the flashing lights going and, you know, got a big screen up here with all kinds of cool graphics and things and we all just, we could have a good, we could just have a party and just, it'd probably be a lot of fun. And I could see it being fun. I think it'd be fun watching some of you try to dance. It'd be, it'd be an interesting thing to see. But uh, you know what? I'm afraid what they're using is worldly lust. And the Bible's called us to deny that. So, oh, you know, and people, this is the argument people use all the time. If you start you know, getting on things like certain types of music, you know what their argument is? Well, I like it. Oh, that makes it good? Okay. You know, I like punching somebody when I lose my temper. But is that, is that a good thing? It's what I feel like doing. I'm sure, I'm sure you all feel good when you really tell somebody off that you think deserves it, don't you? There's a lot of things that are bad that feel good. There's, you know, we can use food, for example. All right? There's a lot of food that man, you know it's bad for you, but it sure does taste good, doesn't it? it our, your flesh sure loves it, doesn't it? 
And so we've got to learn, though, when it comes to our spirit, and especially when it comes to church, boy, these things are important, and we need to, we need to guard it. We want, we want to be strong in the spirit, and there are things that we could bring in, and our flesh would love it, but it's going to be very bad for our spirit. And we've got to deny that. We've got to keep denying it. And yes, even in 2016, we have to deny those worldly lusts. I said, I get it. I understand the temptations. I can see why. I can see in a lot of these things what's drawing people. But it was very clear that this was in the Bible. These things were not commands for Paul's day. For back then, they were specifically for the time before Christ returns. And He hasn't come yet. So we've got to keep this up. We've got to keep going. We've got to live, continue living soberly. Okay? And that doesn't just mean abstaining from alcohol, which is a wonderful thing to do. But look, it says we need to live soberly, which means with a sound mind. Okay? With a sound mind. We can't get caught off when trials come our way. We can't get surprised or... You know, especially influenced by the world when churches are going crazy. You know, unfortunately that happens. The Bible says in Matthew, he said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Okay? And basically what he was saying, he said, take no thought for the morrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. And when he says sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, he's saying there's going to be plenty of bad days out there. So you know what? There's no sense worrying about it. It's not going to stop it. Do you know your worry is not going to stop? you know you're going to die someday? Worrying about it's not going to stop it, is it? I mean, maybe it'll help you do a few things and you can get a little more time. But we can't control things that are out there. Some of you might have a car wreck this year. I hope not. There's sickness. I imagine several of you in here, you're probably going to get the flu in the next couple months. Probably going to happen. And when it does... Don't be laying there. and Listen, when you have the flu, I mean, and you get a bad case of it, you feel like you're going to die and life is horrible and you just, you're ready to call it quits right there, aren't you? I've been there before, especially if you're throwing up. It's just, you know, pull the plug, let me go, I'm ready to go to heaven. But listen, when that happens, don't be, you know, Lord, why? Okay? That's just part of this sin-cursed world we live in. That's why Jesus said in uh, Revelation 21, He's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Okay? He's going to do that because we've been crying. There's things that go on and we shouldn't be surprised. You know, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? He's trying to tell us there's still germs in the world and you're still going to get sick sometimes. You know, you'll, I'll get you through it. All right, you know, you'll survive. If you don't, you'll be in heaven. You know, don't get caught off guard. And we are many people. They get thrown off their game. They get they get taken off. They get get off track when. Things happen that shouldn't have been unexpected. We ought to expect trials to come our way. Okay, I'm not talking about being all doom and gloom and down in the dumps, but it's just this is part of life. I imagine most of us in here will probably go to a funeral in 2016. I hope not, but we probably will. And it's just it's a part of this world that we live in. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to look forward to it. But at the same time, when it does happen. Don't get thrown off guard. Don't get off track because the Lord's going to get you through it. This is part of the life we live in. Let it get you that much more excited about what is to come when God does make all things new finally. Okay? That day is not today. That day is something that's yet to come. So, and Don't be surprised when churches go crazy. Look, in 2 Thessalonians, we're not going to turn there, but the Bible said, 
said that before Christ returns, that there was going to be a falling away. Okay, talking about a falling away from truth. We talked about that a little bit last week. And then go to Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three and verse one. Okay, God warned us that it was going to happen before Christ returns. There is going to be a falling away, a falling away from truth. There's, I mean, there is going to be more false teaching out there than ever before. He said that was going to happen. And then Second Peter chapter three verse one, he says, "The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles." of the Lord and Savior. Remember what was spoken by the prophets, that Old Testament. Remember the words spoken by us, the apostles, the New Testament. Okay, And uh, and then verse 3, "...knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust." Did you all see that? In the last days, scoffers. You, you people, you still... Use that old King James Bible. You still sing those old time hymns. You still follow those old commandments. Are you crazy? Crazy? Do you not realize it is 2016? Hey, Bible said in the last day that was going to happen. And here's the thing: if if I got up here and I like started prophesying things and predicting outcomes to you, okay? I mean just. I start predicting things. I mean, that it is clear, man. This guy has some major gift of prophecy. Okay, and let's say after I have just prophesied all these things that are going to happen, and then I prophesy the next thing. Okay, pretty at some point you think you're not going to be surprised when I'm right, are you? If I'm prophesying, I don't know. You know, let's say I'm just nailing it with the weather. Okay, you know, I mean, I just every day I am exactly right on what's going to happen. I'm not using any anything in the end. I just know I can just go outside and I, I can just tell. Okay, and after you know months and months of just getting it right, you're making plans for something, and I tell you, hey, that's a bad day to do that. It's going to rain. Okay, after being right so long, pretty soon you're not going to be surprised, are you? You're not going to be shocked, and your faith is especially not going to waver when I'm continuing to be right. Okay, and the Bible has always been right. It's been right about every prophecy. I mean, all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled when He came to Earth, when He died on the cross, when He rose from the dead. Prophecy after prophecy is being fulfilled, and you would think that yet another prophecy being fulfilled would restore our faith in the Bible, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that make us be more likely? Wouldn't scoffers coming along, walking after their own lust? Wouldn't people coming along bashing what we teach and trying to, you know, and saying it's 2016? Isn't that another prophecy being fulfilled? So if another prophecy is being fulfilled, if the Bible is right once again, what shouldn't that make us say, forget you, I'm following the Bible? Isn't that what should happen? I mean, in a perfect world, isn't that what that would happen? But what's happening? Oh, man. You're, you are right. This stuff is too old. Hey, yeah, we need to modernize. Why are people falling for that? You know why? Because you're, they're following their flesh. Your flesh is always going to agree with the world. Okay, Our flesh is sinful, folks. 
our flesh is going to agree with the world. And people just need to admit, I'm not walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. I'm following after the flesh. And that's why these people can appeal to so many people. Because they're made out of the same flesh that they're made out of. They know how to talk. They know what to tell them. They know what they want to hear. But yet, what do we tend to do in places like this where we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit tends to run people off, doesn't He? You know why? Because what we're doing here, it does not go along with the flesh one bit. It's contrary to the flesh. And Paul said, you know, I've got a war in my members. There was a fight between that spirit and that flesh that he had. And he, but he wanted to submit himself to the Spirit of God. He wanted to deny himself. And that's why he said, I die daily. He was talking about dying to the flesh. And we need people today that will say, you know what, I know it's 2016, but you know what, the Bible's still true. God said this kind of thing was going to go on. And I'm going to crucify this flesh. I'm going to deny this flesh. I'm going to die daily and I'm just going to follow the Spirit and I'm going to do what the Bible says. And I can promise you, as time goes on, we're probably going to become fewer and fewer in number. This type of preaching is going to continue to be more and more unpopular as time goes on. How do you know that, Brother Tommy? Because the Bible said it would. And the Bible, according to the Word of God, no matter what it gets like, we're supposed to continue living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. All these verses make reference to the end times until Christ returns. And we say we believe the Bible. And yet many people get shocked and discouraged when the Bible turns out being right again. You know what should scare us? Is if the whole world starts saying, hey, the Bible's great. The Bible's wonderful. That ought to scare us. If the whole world starts saying, hey, you know what? Let's all follow the Bible. Let's all do what the Bible says. That ought to scare us. Because you know what? The Bible prophesied something completely opposite, didn't it? And that should scare us. You know, people, they're always looking to find a way to unite with the world. But it's clear in the Bible the world's going to hate us more and more as time goes. And eventually they are going to flat out persecute us. And what people are wanting... If that were to happen, it should shake their faith in the Bible because it would mean the Bible was wrong. But yet, here we have, in 2016, more than ever, the Bible is proving itself to be right again and it's scaring people away from the Bible. The only way that can make sense is if you are just completely living for your flesh. Sold out to the flesh. Your flesh is going to agree with the world. Your flesh is not going to agree with the Word of God. It's not going to agree with the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to learn to deny ungodliness, deny worldly lust, and just live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We need to live righteously and godly today. We can be godly. And what does that mean to be godly? Well, it's the opposite of ungodly. That means following the laws of God. Living a life according to the commands of the Bible the Bible told us to do that in this present world, and I think we've made it very clear that applies in 2016. You can be godly today. You can live a righteous life today in 2016. You can, it can be done. You can do it. You can please God. There is no expiration date on this Bible. And we've just got to stop using this excuse that things are different today. The Bible specifically warned that it was going to be like this in the last day. 
So, if anything, these old writings, they're more relevant today than they ever were before. And I, rec- I recommend you keep on following. So what are we going to do in 2016? How are we going to live in this present world? We're going to keep on doing what the Bible says. We're going to keep living soberly, righteously, and godly, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Just like He said to do back then, we're going to keep doing that in 2016 and in 2017. And until Jesus Christ returns, this book, this is the law, folks. And I hope you'll follow it. So with that, let's all stand together.